For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. Side stories. That's when the cannibalism started. Side, Side stories. stories. <laughs> yes. Oh, sumptuous, sumptuous, Parisian, Birmingham, UK. Yeah, baby. That's where we're in at it. right now, buddy. Woo. Looking at the highway, you could smell the fumes. You could smell the fish and chips residue. Oh, just yeah, man. In puddles in the street. We're in working class England. Birmingham. This Birmingham. Is where, this is where the great band Black Sabbath is from. This is where they understand. This is where they got their dark sound. They were super dark. And yeah. it's not like in Norway where they get their, all their benefits taken care of and they live in a pristine society and they right. had to figure out a way to rebel against it by becoming evil. They actually did. You, know, you could see heat now mm-hmm. why Ozzy Osbourne was so somber. We're staring at a highway. And those cars keep on going by. <laughs> zoom, 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 zoom. Isn't that exciting? You know what, too? It's also just straight up, like, you look at the in-room dining in the UK, and it's just mm-hmm. got a different flavor. It's the way... What did you order today? What were you thinking about getting? Ooh, what I was looking at, one mm-hmm. thing I was eyeballing was the chicken liver parfait. <laughs> <laughs> <That's-> and the, <laughs> the steak und frites, that was, it was prime cut full face rump mm. is how they call the meat here. Full face rump. Um, okay. And they said, best served pink. Oh, like you're going to. John Bene Ramsey's <laughs> corpse. Oh, my. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? This inside stories. Yeah. I am, I am staring at Henry. We are on the road, mildly exhausted. But of course, it's always wonderful to speak with you. We want to thank everyone who came out to our show in Manchester. Manchester was and- a fun shoot. It was was unbelievable is what I would call it, Henry. Unbelievable. We spend our entire day um, spitting loogies into a bucket because Kissel and I got some mysterious drinker's disease. Marcus is fine. Marcus is fine. So I am wondering if it's all the sugary snacks, all the sugary drinks, perhaps that's creating a coating of cancer. On his endocrine system? Exactly. That basically all of the all of the weird oils and the and the fake mm-hmm. the, the weird bits and all of his uh, onion flavored well, snacks he's eaten all day, and then he tries to describe to me his his uh, his way of eating them. He's like, "Don't worry, Henry. I don't eat them all at once. I eat them little bits at a time, and I let them just stay open in my bag." And I looked into his bag, his like carry on bag. Uh-huh. It's just filled with half open, <laughs> stale, fucking crusted over bags of pickling onion. I think they were called like 
Munchikins? I think they're called Munchikins, and they're absolutely, I'm just going to say, disgusting. They are disgusting. They are gross. But of course, we do have a lot of news <laughs> stories from the UK. Speaking of chips, there was two news stories this week. I am um, just, one, you're focused on this. One, this is a very, very big saga. Well, I have you. to say, so to, we're recording on 9-11, and there was zero... Zero coverage here in the UK. They are letting it pass. They're letting it go. They have forgotten. But they did cover something very interesting. There was a man who opened up his Heinz beans. And you know what there was in there? Nothing but the sauce except for one bean. And then they put him on the cover. And then today... That was his 9-11. That was his 9-11. And then today, a man opened up a bag of crisps, which is what they call chips over here. Kissel, are you being really continental right now? I'm being very continental. And he opened up the bag of crisps, and you know what? There was just one little fluffer in there. He was so happy. One little puffer. The look on his face... Because it showed him with the one crisp, right, in that bag empty, and him this triumphant look of like, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So like he's been waiting for this to fucking come down the pipe for him. This a, is his ship. This is a European, this is a UK epidemic. Apparently there's someone working in one of these factories that's just putting one little puffer in the bag of crisps and putting one bean in the uh, canister of beans. Beans. And here so, they eat a lot of fucking beans. They love the beans. And I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't mind beans. It's just like sometimes I don't need the beans. We are both of the mind. And, you know, not that we don't always agree, but there are things obviously we differ upon, especially sure. when it comes to food. But both of us are like beans for me as a man is a situational thing situational. I'm eat. I like it during camping when you're playing hobo. I like them in Mexican food. Yes. I like them uh, tri-tip mixed in at a barbecue restaurant. Sure. Even then I barely get them. Absolutely. Because I'll only eat three spoonfuls of it because I'm not trying to go full up on the fucking beans. I'm trying to eat the meat. Absolutely. And, and so we at will breakfast get- here... Slathering beans. It's all bean related. Like Anne Margaret's supple breasts from the Who's Tommy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you ever you, see that movie? I never. I never did see uh, Who's Tommy. Who you is he? It. You missed that boat. What, what was it? What was it about? It. It's about the blind deaf kid who plays pinball. You know that. Ah, that's what that song is based off of. Pinball Wizard. Yes. All right. The Who's Tommy is a very famous rock musical, rock opera as it were, done by The Who. That's why it's called The Who's Tommy. Technically, it's called Tommy, but it's written and produced by The Who. I thought it was Who's Tommy. No, it's like how Fast and the Furious presented Hobbs and Shaw. Right. The Who presented Tommy. Tommy. But Tommy was fake. He's not real. As are Hobbs and Shaw. Isn't that sad? As is the movie Rudy about the life of a real person, Rudy Rudiger, but indeed it is not nearly as romantic or as triumphant as they make it seem in that movie. No, because they wasted a bunch of people's football careers letting a mentally handicapped man blow a play Ye- just to so everybody could applaud, well, and then they released him back to his home. But what you don't understand is in the movie, they're like, oh my God, they carried him off the field, and it was so unbelievable. That's a waste of time. Well, you know, it was a joke. They were laughing at him, and that's when they carried him off as a lark. But in the film, 
You know, they Disney-fied it. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, we actually have some true crime stories to get to today. Yeah. But I suppose because we are talking about food, I mean, when we're on the road together, we do talk about food extensively. Well, it's because we're here, and it's kind of funny to see the true differences between the two countries. Yes. I know we have, obviously, we have a lot of listeners in the UK. It's where we're traveling all over the UK. So I imagine they're being, you know, variously insulted. But so I think what? at this point, they're used to being roasted by Americans. On the last episode, though, we did mention, uh, this was the last relaxed fit episode episode mm-hmm. uh, we did mention beer beer meat bear meat and uh, okay, i have guys. to say out of all the things we've ever talked about whether it be 9-11 or john benet ramsey or now mormonism or, or mormonism or i have never received as many hundreds. emails not even exaggeration hundreds. i'm gonna say close to 500 between dms Yep. Mentions on Twitter, right. mentions on Instagram, mm-hmm. and just straight up emails. Right. So we can't read them all, but I think the overall consensus is... You can eat it. You can eat it. And people do eat it. But... It's greasy. It's greasy. So they all so say there the we go. same. <laughs> they all say the same thing in the emails. I want again. I always send us the emails. It means so much to us when you reach oh, out. Yes. You, especially when we specifically ask you for information. You guys fucking did it. Thank you for that. Thank you. But now I. Oh god. Speaking of that's what made me think of. That's what it made me do. Yeah, I know you got a little burp in there. But bear sausage. Yes, it is commonly served in a sausage because of the texture and nature of the bear sausage. There's also a thing called a blueberry. Uh, bear or mm-hmm. a blackberry bear, which is bears that are supposed to be technically they do taste what like they do taste like what they just ate. Right. So you're supposed to get them in the spring. This is all things I've learned from emails. Yeah. You're supposed to get them from the spring mm-hmm. because they eat the berries the and black their berries. meat becomes sweet. Their fat becomes blue. Ooh. Right. You can also serve it. I've had people say that. Oh, I ate it on a stick. I had another guy say <laughs> I ate it in a steak. I had another guy be like, Oh, my cousin makes it in a barbecue setting. You I can do a lot. Oh, with you it. gotta have my cousin's bear jerky. And they all say the same thing. It's mediocre. All right, there it is. So thank you so much for weighing in on that. We but do th- have we, some uh, stories. We can stay, you can send us other emails now. You can. We got it. Side stories, L-P-O-T-L at gmail.com. Shoot us emails about anything other than anything bear meat because we got it. We got it. So sausage. we actually, this story was a little bit older. This is actually from last week, but we just didn't get to it. And uh, Henry and I wanted to cover it today. We're going to go to Alabama. Oh, yeah? And this story is crazy, dude. So this is from BBC News. Alabama shootings. Boy, 14 years old, admits killing five family members. So this dude is uh, is accused of killing three of his siblings, um, aged six months, five and six, and his father and his stepmother. He's being charged as a juvenile right now, but uh, they might bump those charges up and make him an adult. Although, again, 14 years old, man, what the hell is this about, Henry? This guy, I mean, I, we, we'll get into some detail as to, as to why he did it. He snapped because he didn't realize that his mother was his stepmother. Apparently, they did not tell him that his mother was his stepmother. He tried to cover it up. It seems up. like they were kind of smart not to, because they were like, maybe if we do, he'll kill us. Wait, I mean, <laughs> I think that... Well, well, all right, let's break this down. So break we did this down. execution style uh, in the middle of the night. He shot Ugh. them one by one by one, including, I believe it was a five-month-old, yeah. a six-year-old, and I believe, I don't... It was five and six, a six month old, a five year old, and a six year old. And then his mother and father, stepmother and father. And they were all very young. The father was only 38, and the mom was 35. So this is a young 
new family. This is a young family. He uh, massacred the whole family. I guess they just recently told him that his mom was not really his mom. It was his stepmom. I am not remotely blaming the parents whatsoever because this is normal information. Also, don't you think you do wait until they're around 12 or 13? I guess it's honestly, it's hard to know when to tell the child. I think you tell a child as soon as they are able to understand. But maybe 14 is when the kid was going to be able to understand. Maybe this kid was like, maybe the parents were like, you know, he's a little emotionally immature. Let's wait until we think he can handle it. I mean, and then I'm obviously say, he couldn't. We're going to wait to see what else comes out about this kid. We haven't really, I haven't seen any really other information about no. the nature of this kid's emotions. I don't know if they were, were going to talk a lot about that because he was so young. But I think that you tell a kid as early as humanly fucking possible. I think that you tell a kid four years old, five years old, explain that there are different oh, kinds of families. I don't know if they're going to know, though. They're no. not going to understand. You're, it's very interesting the way you talk, because you, you're talking from the perspective of a boy that literally just had people just thrown in your house. Like, well, you had yes. foster brothers, because there's none of that shit was explained to you. So yes. you uh, you experienced this, so you were viewing this as like, well, I didn't kill everybody. Well, I certainly did not kill everybody. I was 12 years old, and then I learned very quickly that sometimes fathers have sex with their children, and it's disgusting. <laughs> it's yes. different. So I, learned I, I, that's, called, that's called hyperspeed adulting, yeah. where you're like, oh, I didn't know people did that. Yesterday, I was playing with Batman, and today, I'm learning about some disgusting things that adults do. Yeah, exactly. They, they mistreat their children, and then sometimes those children are taken away by the state and given to your family. But right. none of that was asked. You weren't asked. They didn't ask your opinion. You just had foster brothers and sisters. Right. I'm, you know, I think it was beautiful what your parents did, but it would be nice. Now we're A little clarity would have been nice. A little clarity would have been nice. I understand that. I agree with you on so that. So I'm not saying that this is remotely warranted in any way, shape, or form, but whatever. But we're seeing here that is... This is very similar to the DeFeo family from Amityville. Oh, really? If you think about it, not, I mean, not remotely, but the fact that one dude killed all the rest of the family. In that sense, absolutely. But I think I don't think as much acid was involved. Although you never know. Maybe at 14, kids are dropping acid. I mean, I was certainly drinking at 12. Who knows what he got a hold of or how he learned the idea of, oh, I'll just kill everybody. Well, that's the thing, because you mentioned how it literally was like a Gestapo tactic where you just put a bullet behind the head. So he must have seen something where he's like, oh, that's how you do it. Wolfenstein. You're going to blame Wolfenstein. I think what this is You're going to blame a video game for this? This is Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. (laughs) uh, It's a great game. All three of the new games are incredible. It is very, it's very scary to think that this kid automatically jumped to killing everybody instead of, because back in my day, Uh when I was a kid, you'd run away from home. Sure, it was the 90s. You could do anything. You could hitchhike. It was safer than hell. Well, you just have a... There are other weird adolescent ways to... And that's why I think what you said is correct. I think it's going to find out that this kid obviously had a, either a history of problems yeah. or he, he had some kind of emotional imbalance, obviously. But it's not even like the adoption thing. I understand because my... You know, I think a lot of siblings do that thing where they're like, you know, you were adopted. And it was, I mean, obviously in my case, my brothers tried to pull that off, and my mom and I look exactly alike. Yes. And I'm also super tall like my dad. And I was like, you know what? I think it's probably, I probably can't You're like, I know that pussy. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly <laughs> what I said when I was 11 years old. Yeah, that's what I screamed at my older brothers. 
But I understand, like, the adoption thing would be a little bit more like, damn, my entire life has been a lie. Who are my parents? But this is just a stepmom. This is such and a low-level thing that I you know feel like I've it's s- not that challenging to explain to a kid. I don't think Judging by Pornhub, stepmoms and their children are doing just fine. I think that it's much different if you're one like that that uh, Fritzel guy, like, try to oh explain. Oh, my God, Joseph Fritzel. I think there are different kind of families. So, so your mother was also my daughter. And I knew she had the sweetest vagina because I made it with my semen scratch. So I went to see what kind of Russian doll I could make of a child with my semen inside of the vagina Mm. in which my semen make. That's a harder conversation. That is a harder conversation. That's a disgusting conversation, Joseph Fritzl. I believe he's dead now. It's filled with candor, though. Actually, he might. I think that he died. Did he? Let me check that Fact checker. Fact checker. Quick message back from the fact checker here. Fact check. Uh, he is still alive. Joseph Fritzel, the he is one of the worst human beings. I would put Fritzel and the Toy Box Killer together as maybe the worst two people that we've ever talked about. He is still alive. He is 84 years old. 84 li- years young. He is old. And he is living in a prison. He's incarcerated at Garston Abbey. And evidently, he still has a wife, Ugh. Rosemary Fritzel. Anyway. Oh, do you remember how everyone said he was, like, fun? They have a new oh. Netflix documentary about uh, him. No, really? it wasn't new. It was, like, t- two years ago. That was about him. I forget what it was called. I think it was oh. called, like, My Daughters, My Wives, My Banks, My Loves. Like, it was something oh, like that. I'm not God. sure. I hope not. Honestly, I hope one. I hope what I said is not true. I'm sure that it is. So, what are we? Where are we leaving out with this story? Where more information is going to come out about this 14 year old kid? Yes. Um, we're going to find out exactly what's going on with him, or not, because he's a minor. When you might yes. not. Yes. But now this is the question, Henry, and this is always the question up for debate. 14 years old, he is a child. He's and a he child. Obviously, do you charge this person as an adult? I believe that we have a rule, and I don't know why they, we've been able to do this for so long. Same thing that happened in Wisconsin with the, with the Slender Man stabbings. Yes. Those were 12-year-olds. It's like if we want to have a standard of, like, you're an adult at this age, this is when you can give consent, this is when you can legally have intercourse, then I do not believe we should be charging minors as adults. He probably needs to be in a home he needs to be in a hospital yeah. for a long, long time. I mean, but jail I just, is not going to help this kid. No, jail is going to make a 14-year-old a sociopath even more so, and he's just going to become but hardened, and he's going to become is, like Michael Myers. It's the severity of the crime and the way that they planned it. He lied to the police. He tried yeah. to tell them that somebody came in and broke in the house, and so they they then realized like that was total fucking bullshit, so he immediately confessed. The Slender Man stabbings, those two little girls. I mean, the one the main little girl technically planned the whole fucking thing, which is all this like difficult, weird gray area. But prison does not rehab these kids, and they are no. so young that you'd like to think that there was places for them to go. But we were just if there was, uh, I believe it's called Adam's Son, the documentary um, mm. doc, uh, from HBO. It's either that or Mother of a. It's it's about a sociopathic child. Yes, yes it's kind of like that, that movie Children of Rage that we yeah. saw that came out uh, like twenty years ago, where. The problem, though, is that w- with the mental health 
issues that we have in America. We don't have the beds. We don't have the infrastructure and a to lot help of times these kids. We got the private hospitals that are the wealthy people can put their kids in there and send them away. But if you need to go to a state-run hospital, good freaking luck because those have basically just become what prison is. Um, we don't have good mental health care in this but country But there are whatsoever. good facilities, but the, most of it's like they got to get you before you do the crime yeah. that would put you in prison. Well, that is an interesting conversation. So it's not bear meat. That's not the question this week. The question is, should a 14-year-old, regardless of how heinous the crime is, be charged as an adult? Side Again, story is LPOTL at gmail.com. And bear meat, we know. We know. We, we got know. It. It's thank you. Again, Thank for you. the information. Thank you. But I'm starting all to feel right. like Forrest Gump talking to Bubba <laughs> about all the different ways bear meat can be prepared. Uh, I want to talk about this story from Gizmodo. Okay. Large underwater observatory disappears without a trace, baffling scientists. This is crazy. This article was written by George Dvorsky. Hell yeah, fellow Polak. Uh-huh. A large monitoring station used to gather important scientific data in the Baltic Sea has mysteriously vanished. The underwater observatory, which had been on the seafloor since December 2016, the seafloor. So oh. it's attached to the fucking bottom of the ocean. It's on the bottom of the ocean. Is managed by the Geomar Helmholtz Center for Ocean Research, Kiel, and the Helmholtz Center Gestalt. On August 21st at 8.15 p.m. local time, transmissions from the 300,000 euro, $330,000 station came to a sudden halt. Divers were dispatched to the site only to find much to their astonishment, mm-hmm. that the entire structure was gone, save for a shredded transmission cable, according okay. to a GMR statement. So do we know where SpongeBob and his friends were and the day of the thieving? Okay. I want a trial. I want a trial. I want to see SpongeBob. I want to see SpongeBob on trial. We were doing some research in Edinburgh. Our friend Neil, uh, Marcus, he gave yes. Marcus and I a personalized tour of, of Edinburgh. And he used to do this thing in the center of town where they used to put a guy up on a fucking cross, right? Mm. They used to t- tie up his arms okay. up on the side of the cross and they used to put this kind of headpiece that would hold his head back and they would gut him and they would pull out his fucking intestines right and wrap okay. it around his torso a bunch and then burn him and make him eat him and shit because that's I believe that's just called being drawn and then you're quartered after that oh okay that's the being drawn huh? that's what should be done to Spongebob do that to Spongebob I don't know if he has intestines or not That that's up for debate how does he shit I, that is another question up for debate but also up for debate is how the hell did these people Get down there to the ocean floor, and how did they do it undetected, and why would they do it? Back to the article. The observatory was in a restricted area off the northern coast of Germany. Boats, including fishing vessels, are not allowed into the area. Okay. That somebody or a group of individuals remove the observatory remains the most plausible explanation. Other factors, such as a massive storm, heavy currents, or even marine animals, were ruled out as potential causes owing to the weight of the instrument. Okay, so a shark couldn't have done it. This thing's fucking huge. Don't blame the sharks. I'm not blaming the sharks. I love sharks. No they one has any week. fucking clue. They don't know why it's gone. The, the station collected data about water temperature, nutrients, salinity, the speed of water flow, and concentrations of chlorophyll and methane. Mm-hmm. This data was used to evaluate the health of the ecosystem in and around the southwestern Baltic Sea. Now, they say that there is evidence of other giant, like, underground shipwrecks gone missing yeah. most of the time it's treasure hunters people stealing them to basically so now, sell for scrap or sell for whatever they find the, if you steal this thing 
right? Theoretically, you don't know how to use this, and you don't really care about it. You want to sell it on the black market. This thing is the size of a small car, and is this really that sought after of a of an object of a scientific object is it what are you going to do with this is it going to be sold on the dark web at this point i wouldn't be surprised if there's just two stoners sitting in their living room staring at it being like what the hell are we supposed to do pulling a bunch of fucking ivy out of their hair thursday was fucked up crazy bro but we fucking do this man what are we gonna do with it i got all the seaweed in my living room the (laughs) landlord's gonna be so fucking pissed man but the missing observatory consists of two racks one weighing 250 kilos 550 pounds and the other 100 kilos 220 pounds the the racks include a frame holding the power supply Mm mm-hmm along with a heavy cable connecting the station to the coast and a frame to hold the sensors. Both racks were, quote-unquote, removed with great force from their position. I would assume so. Now, they have no clue. They say the data that was collected was, quote-unquote, was quote unquote, downright priceless, but they have no clue what someone would gain from stealing this unless but- it's some other state actor, but they are also there's no evidence saying that, unless also, of course, it is the great Cthulhu. It could be Cthulhu. Oh, let's blame it on the Russians. Why not? Uh, very interesting. And we will figure out, hopefully, they will figure out who stole this 1,600-pound thing. you think that it wouldn't be that hard to find out. It's all. It was monitored by the government. No yeah. one has any clue what the hell is happening. But they happened. got the, the data, though. Scary, the ocean's scary. The ocean's scary, dude. That's where, if there's aliens, that's where they are. They're, they're down there swimming somewhere. Ooh, Kessel, you're starting to absorb. I absorb. Like you SpongeBob. Really- like SpongeBob, all full of shit. I don't think he poops. He better poop. If you would, then every time he would squeeze, he would be squeezing out poop. You are. Mm. What do you think what happens when you actually... I, I mean, I'm not so fucking marine biologist, right? Because no, we're not. I don't go to your fucking school. I didn't have time. I was busy to go to your fucking biology You school. were playing Dungeons and Dragons. I wasn't busy. All That's right? not being busy. But That's actually being not busy. It's busy examining my imagination, uh-huh. but I imagine if you take a natural sponge just from the ground and you squeeze it, all that does come out of it is shit. Maybe. Again, that's a toss-up for the audience. Do sponges, is- real sponges, do they have penises? I don't know, but you know, that's a great segue into this story. Speaking of squeezing something, let's go to North Carolina, shall we? Please. Uh, so, all the way to North Carolina. A woman uh, was arrested after she tied up her husband... And you know what she did, Henry? She cut off his Johnson. Oh. She cut off his penis. You go, girl. I don't know what happened. So you go, chick, girl. She must have been listening to Lizzo. I have no idea. She was feeling passion. She was feeling passion. Why she, men great till they gotta be great? You know, I'm, I, I've heard Lizzo now, and I think it's wonderful. I took a DNA test, and I'm 100% that bitch. Is that what it says? Lizzo, man. Is making that, fucking chicks cut their fucking dudes' penises off, man. Maybe. Is that what it said when they caught the Golden State Killer, and then he took a DNA test, and I'm 100% <laughs> that bitch? Kissle. <laughs> oh, yeah. So she, at knife point... She tied up her husband. So her husband must have already been scared of her because he's just like, I don't even know. Like if Natalie comes at you with a knife and she's like, I'm going to tie you up. I'm going to say just really, I I don't know. Like don't, Mm, but it's tough to say. It's really very tough to say because in the end, I mean, I don't want to be held at knife point, but I I feel like we could negotiate. But I feel like also at that point, if I'm at knife point, I'd like to think I'm evaluating how did we get here? How did we get here? Well, he did not seem to evaluate that very well because he ended up getting tied up, not victim blaming whatsoever, of course. Well, do we her, know what he did? What happened? Do we know anything well, about their relationship? Well, her name is Victoria Frabutt, 
and his name is James Frabutt, and a spokesperson for the sheriff's office released a press release saying when they arrived, James, he's 61 years young, claimed that his wife pulled out a knife and tied him up inside the And north- I tell you what, I have no idea what it was about. No I idea. No. It's because he don't listen. Well... Uh, apparently I have no idea what this conflict is about. So he came home, she pulled out the knife, he she tied her up, she tied him up. She uh then cut off his penis wow. and then the authorities they were able to recover it and they did put it on ice like a little like it's like you got to put your, if your penis is on ice it's never good. No, buddy. It's never a good day. Not even if you're just because it's sore from fucking. No, it's not good, no matter what. And uh, he was taken to the hospital, but we have no word if they've been able to attach the Franken-penis. Of course, uh, shades of John Bobbitt come to mind. Now, the recent documentary series that came out about Lorena Bobbitt really did a good Mm -hmm. job of showing just how much abuse Lorena Bobbitt went through. John Bobbitt was such a colossal piece of shit. It and he has like, not stopped being a piece. No, of shit. he's a horrible person. Yeah, he. So he. Uh, he's constantly capitalizing on what he believes is a funny version of fame, and because Ugh. he lost his penis and he got it sewn back on. He's the O.J. Simpson of having his penis cut off. But I don't know why. This. I mean, we'll see what happens here. Like, is this woman gone mad, or is there a lot of reasons why? I. I can't help but think. I don't know. If you're getting your cock cut off, not by a stranger, because the thing was by a stranger. It's more likely well, we, they we don't want to. We have to. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the man who had his penis cut off at this point because this woman Either tied way, up extreme. her husband and cut off his penis. <laughs> so I'm not going to be like, oh my God, she's a victim here. It's, I'm going to say the victim is the victim currently. Lorena Bobbitt was specifically a specific story about penis cutting off. That is a very specific story. And yeah, watch the documentary if you haven't watched it yet. Uh, honestly, I get it. I understand why she snapped. It had to be done. But still. Don't cut anybody's penis off. And then the, the sheriff, at least this man, they had his, they had a little bit more respect for his penis. They put it on ice, like like it's a, like it's a fine wine. But with Bobbitt, the the <laughs> cop just stepped on it and was like, "There it is, Nerda. That's the penis." Oh yeah, the big tall like pointing from the <laughs> yeah, sky just, down. He just pointed because he didn't want to touch it because he thought it would make him gay. I get it. There's nothing like a severed <laughs> penis that makes me so hard. It makes me think about firemen sliding up and down a pole. Of, of course, naturally. So that is yet another story. Of a penis being cut off. I feel like once a month we just get a bevy of stories like this. So you know what? Be careful out there. People are agitated. People are agitated. Be careful out there. But there's no reason to cut somebody's penis off. Use your words. Use your words. Try to, and you know what? Also, ladies, instead of getting the cock cut off, because then you go to jail, all right? If you want to get back at a man, you get that money. Get that money. Yeah, all you have to do is divorce him. I don't know how much money the Frawbutt family had, <laughs> uh, but nonetheless. Now, what about the Frawbutt family line of flat butt jeans? <laughs> what about the flat butt jean legacy they're leaving behind? I love the flat butt jeans. You can get them at Mills Fleet Farm or Blaine's Farm and Fleet. <laughs> Those are two stores in the Midwest. There was a, it was a family, and they got into a fight, Mill and Blaine, and then Mill got to call it Fleet Farm, and the other guy called it Farm and Fleet. Isn't I'm that just glad they, they didn't cut each other's fucking cocks off. We don't know that yet. Um, they do sell uh, small, flat-butt jeans, though. But this story, Henry, this is one you want to talk about. It, it's, uh, it's about the French beaches, because you're, you're a beach baby. 
People yeah, I love talking about French bitches. Yeah. Oh, they nice. made bitches of France. <laughs> man, we're not exhausted at all. This is just great. Fucking help me, man. So, but Henry, little little do people know, Henry is a beach guy. You love the beach. You like to roll around in the ocean. I like subjecting other people to my body. You have no problem doing that, but... Because you know what's nice is that I saunter around. I have my fucking sexy hot wife. She's in a you... bikini, and then they have to see me next to her and I you know. have to be like you take fucking it takes a little spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down. you know you get you you are doing a good job rubbing off on me a little bit when it comes to body confidence i like to stay fully clothed from head to toe almost no, like an amish person um but you really let it you let your freak flag fly out there so see my good. fucking handles see my back hair that's me that's the dream baby that's i the- made it to the beach baby <laughs> you made it all the way to the beach but now the beach might kill you Now, this comes from the illustrious New York Post. Killer slime that can kill you in seconds taking over France's beaches by Jackie Salo. Now, we're we're living in a fucking trauma movie. Oh, yeah. It's starting to happen. We got Donald Trump as president. And now this shit, there's a flesh-eating virus that's happening in Florida. That's right. We've got this fucking bullshit. Listen to this. France's beaches have been inundated by lethal slime with what experts say has the potential to kill sunbathers within seconds. What? It is a horror movie. It really is. You look at the clip. Yeah, I did. The clip is fluorescent Mm. green slime washing up on the shore. It's like the blob. It is the blob. Yeah. Fears have heightened and six BJs were closed this summer in Brittany as the killer slime took over the vacation destination. This is also from The Guardian. It's a shame this place is. Let me let me take it back so you guys can understand it. I want to set it in proper. Set the proper tone. Okay. It's a shame this place has come to be associated with death," said Andre Olivrio, an environmental activist who warned that large amounts of green algae on the beaches can kill you in a second. That's horrifying. Piles of toxic algae have covered the shore on the northern coast near Saint Bleu. Due to the overfertilization of nearby fields draining into the ocean, according to the news outlets, Jeez. the sludge, which releases poisonous hydrogen sulfide gases that can lead to loss of consciousness and cardiac arrest, has washed up on the shores for decades. But environmentalists say that the problem has worsened this summer due to exceptional weather. And at least two people have died so far, dozens of animals. This is. Man, we got the Amazons on fire. Uh, we got we got the we got the ice caps melting. The world is changing. This is the beginning of our future, where all the oceans are going to start killing us. They're rising up to kill us. It's insane. But that's just <laughs> we're we are living in a cartoon dystopia. Uh. It's starting to come about. We psychically projected this onto ourselves. We we wanted this subconsciously for right. some reason, and now we're in it, and we got to deal with it. I know. And speaking of dystopian future, we did get sent this article multiple times, but I have to debunk. It. Uh, Marty the Robot, the headline was, was accused of sexual harassment, um, but Marty the Robot, it's a made-up story, and also, if you think about it, Marty the Robot has no hands. Um, no, so he could just bump against you. He could bump against you, or I would assume but at this point. But in order for you to be sexually harassed, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be too blue here. Your pussy would have to, like, be out. You know what I mean? To I don't se- know. If yeah, you would oh, have to be, if you're going to be by, by Marty. If you were, you'd have to be bent over, spread eagle, waiting for Marty, yeah. and then the the blind or the whatever the the half headed grocer boy, he would have to have the remote controls and really point 
Marty towards your vagina. Marty doesn't have remote controls. He just he's allowed to willy nilly wander around. But he goes towards spills. Okay, interesting point and point noted. You remember that when someone wrote someone Honestly, recently when we wrote were, a picture when we were doing our meet and greet yesterday. It was the, I will say I love the I culture, love the people the I UK love the people of the UK. Our friends out here are the funniest group of motherfuckers. They are great. They are the best. But uh, yes, women talk about. Uh, we got a message from a fan saying, "Oh my god, I got to meet my heroes. I was wetter than an otter's pockets, <laughs> and I have." Never oh, here comes Marty. <laughs> and uh, there he is. <laughs> Spill on aisle, the meet and greet line for the last podcast on the left. Um, all right. This story was sent to me by a listener by, I believe the name is, it is uh, Carnix. Okay. All right, here we go. This was just, it sent a very interesting, interesting letter about uh, their magical works and talking about a, a very scary experience they did while doing a binding, which I'll save for a later episode because I want to be okay. able to read the whole article. But they sent an article that I I love. This is just right up my wheelhouse. Okay. Now, this comes from the Taos News. Is it Taos? I won't know, New Mexico? Buddy. Or is it Taos? Go with both of them. A Teos close encounter of the hunters and alien kind. Ooh. This was written by Stacy Matlock. Bow hunters Joss Brinkley and Daniel Lucero, dressed in camouflage gear, looked a little uncomfortable sitting in chairs at a local newspaper. Because they like to stand. Of course they do. Why wouldn't they? The Santa Fe County residents had just come to Teos after several days in rugged terrain near Cerro de la Hoya, also called Pot Mountain, northwest of town near Ute Mountain. They had a strange tale to tell, and they weren't sure of the reception. We're a couple of guys that don't believe in much, but we believe now, Brinkley said. They went hunting for elk. They encountered uh-huh. aliens or something else so strange. They don't know what else to call it. Oh my. Now these say these are people they are not prone to seeing things and they don't particularly believe in aliens. Opening morning of bow hunting season was Sunday, September 1st. Mm-hmm. The two men had gone a couple of days early to scout the area for elk. They set up along the tree line on the different sides of a field and waited. After 3 hours and no elk, Brinkley became restless. It was about 9:30 a.m. See, that's the thing they got to wake up so damn early. It's hard to Very scare early. these animals it to is. sleep. I take off walking, creeping around through the woods, looking for elk, mm-hmm. Brinkley said. He reached the top of the mountain where there's a caldera, a type of wide bowl left behind by a collapsed volcano. Oh. He went to the edge of the southwest side, and as he walked to the edge, he noticed two figures. He thought at first they were hunters, but they were very tall shapes. Very tall shapes of these men standing side by side, staring right at me. Right? When he got closer, he noticed... The shape would be like their heads. It looked like they had huge hoods on. It looked like two ribbons coming off either side to a point at the top and bottom like a banana. Weird. The right side was black. The left side was white and a little shiny. The torsos were kind of black. It was definitely, it looked like clothes in the middle of an oval. It was just gray. They had these weird shaped heads. Wow. He thought maybe it was the back of their heads and as it got closer... They disappeared. They no eventually kidding. go around the volcano and they find, long story short, they find this thing that's not unlike an encampment. They said this it's this weird structure. They said they both work on movie sets. They end up going and they okay. come to, I can see people working like that are hunters and they also will do like set deck or like, or also be like literally set construction. Sure. And they said, we saw this big tent structure, like a circus tent. 
50 to 60 feet tall. Coming off the left of it was a long building, almost like what you would build for an archery lane for target practice. It was the third the height, but really long, maybe a couple hundred feet. They were about a quarter mile away and couldn't see the bottom of the structure. They watched it from about a minute because they were driving, right? Trying to find a new location for elk. And you're like, what is that? Is that a base camp for a movie? Are they building some kind of alien ship? They drove down a little hill. They lost sight of the structure for at most five seconds, Brinkley Uh said. And when we topped the hill, it was gone. No kidding. That's very cool. It's hyper, hyper strange. That's really the entire story. I just like covering because I love those types of alien stories where they are not just straight up grays or like straight up a UFO or lights in the sky. That type of high strangeness where you see that there are perhaps many different alien species oh. that are around us. What would you say that description was? What would you, uh, what's the closest species uh, that would kind of fit the description that uh, that those guys described? It sounds like nothing I've heard before, but if you read anything with Jacques Vallée and, yeah. and Passports of Magonia and his works in Brazil, you see that there are many different types of, like what people say, it could literally be a gray. If, if we're talking nuts and bolts, fucking UFOs, like they came from a specific planet and they arrived here then maybe it's straight up a uniform <laughs> honestly Who knows? Like maybe it's a thing that they are wearing maybe it's a thing maybe it's new gear they got new outfits. I don't know. Jinkos are popular now. Hmm, who knew? Who knew? <laughs> who knew? Well, hopefully those guys have a good hunting season. But maybe that explains why there was no elk out there. That's what they're trying to say. Because it does seem strange if it is hunting scene, season, usually it correlates with that being a busy time. Well, that's why the they animals. kept moving location because they were really frustrated that they couldn't find any elk. It didn't really yeah, make any sense. Yeah, that's fascinating. All right, well, let's just do Hero of the Week. And we have a new theme song coming in here. This theme song is by Wrath Sheba. And I mean, I have to say, towards the end of it, it might aggravate you. But you know what? It's a wonderful song. We like trying new ones. So, <laughs> so here it is Hero of the Week. So speaking of wildlife, this hero of the week is a young child, an eight-year-old boy who was able to survive a an attack by a mountain lion. He picked up a stick and tried to jab it in the eye. So it's an eight-year-old boy in Colorado attacked by a mountain lion. He's speaking out about the incident. The name of the kid is Pike Carlson. His parents named him Pike. That's a cool name. It sounds like an outdoorsy kid. It is an outdoorsy kid. So when Carlson's father first ran out, he saw his son's head in the mountain lion's mouth. Damn. But the mountain lion, it was not about to be his day because Pike fought back poked the mountain mountain lion in the head and was able to survive. And so I just think this is a powerful story because it's a reminder that even when you are in peril, never give up, keep on fighting. Never fight, never surrender. We will fight them on the beaches. We will fight them on the riverbanks. That's perfect. Absolutely. You're a regular old Winston Churchill. I have the same body. 
You do. I know. Not much. Not as much of a war criminal, though, which yeah. I always like about you. What are you talking about? Gary Oldman showed how cute he was. Oh, just like Dick Cheney was so cute in that movie. They're so cute. I and they're so charming. It. I know. No, Henry Kissinger, we could still put him in jail. We could still. Somebody uh, could just hit them with his car. That's very possible. Honestly, he lives in New York. That's maybe how he's going to die. Or a mountain lion attack. Mm. So this boy, Pike, congratulations. You're the hero of the week for once again reminding us, stay in the fight, do the best you can, and if you have the will to live, you very well may just destroy a mountain lion. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now we got a couple of listener emails. And I got to say, these are pretty cool. This comes from A. All right. So here we go. I wanted to tell you about my tumor. Last year, after being sick for about six months and being told I had an intestinal blockage, I found out that I actually had a basketball-sized tumor on my ovary called a teratoma. If you haven't heard of this before, it's a type of germ cell tumor containing many different types of tissue. It can be found on ovaries in women or testicles in men. Okay. Check your testicles. I'm checking. Hold on. Nope, still small. These types of tumors used to be thought to be reabsorbed twins or something because they can have hair, teeth, or fingernails. It's since been debunked, Oh, but most people still ask me that. My tumor was mostly brain tissue, and it had about a dozen teeth scattered throughout it, and inside had a bunch of phlegm-producing respiratory follicles. Is it alive? Sort of. My doctor said it exploded with phlegm when they dissected it. <laughs> there are less there are less than 25,000 cases of this in the US every year and only about 1% are cancerous. Mine was super cancerous so it had to do a few mo- so I had to do a few months of chemo, oh but my. I'm good now. I have attached a picture of my tumor for your viewing pleasure. I made my surgeons all take pictures of it for me while I was under. Nothing would bring me more joy than to hear you describe this picture of my badass tumor on side stories. Okay. And I'm looking at it right now. Let's take a look. You know what it looks like? The fucking haggis I almost ate. Oh, yeah. There that is. I cannot believe. It looks like, what's the, um, oh, my God. I'm forgetting. Quade. Come to me, Yes, it does look like Total Recall. Also, Basket Case. Uh, the movie Basket Case. It's it kind of cute. Like the creature it's got, in there. It looks like a big old brain. But it honestly. It really does. You how- cover that in sauerkraut? I need it. No, man. You did not so, tell me what that was, but, okay. and that was on ca- sauerkraut, but, and there was a fucking, and I had a big fucking mug of polaner. I would eat that. This is going to end up how this is. This is how like you're going to accidentally eat human flesh. Yes, because you're just going to get tricked into doing it. Maybe even eat your own brain, like the movie Hannibal. Because I'm a culinary daredevil. That's what they say. Um, so. This is not a twin, though. I didn't realize that had been debunked. I thought that was like kind of the whole thing with like the teeth and the brain and all that stuff. What else could it be? What, I don't know. Does, it's I, just a two weird thing that there? grows. I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. Oh, my God. You heard me before talk about how I'm not a biologist. No, I know I'm that, but it's got a brain. Can it, can it think? It's just made out of brain material. Yeah. But, I mean... Oh my! The body okay. is just weird. We're a bunch of sacks of meat. We went to the um, yeah. the surgeons' hall in Edinburgh, and there's you'd be disc- you'd be fucking surprised how just how much. Oh my god, we are just meat. Yeah, around. we're meat bags. Um, all right. Well, this is a email that I will read. It comes in from Jay, and this is regarding John Benet Ramsey. And the subject is John Benet Ramsey was my friend, and of course we forget. Although she was very young, six years old. 
Obviously, she would have had friends. So uh, she writes, I wanted to share a few experiences and a few memories of my early childhood that included John Bonet. She and I were in the same dance class at Rec Center in Boulder, and we became friends during that time. She goes on to say, even at a young age, she was really a top talent. She talks about how she had a memory of the dance instructor flipping through a CD on the stereo, listening to each song for a few seconds before hitting the next. The whole class was standing there in the way that most six-year-olds would. There were just pretty bored, yeah. Uh, probably picking our noses and shuffling our feet, but not John Bonet. She would explode into dance during short bursts of music, switching between tap, jazz, hip hop, and so on. I remember watching her natural skill at that moment, the way she was performing for no one, and how spot on she was while doing so. Do you think they killed her to make room for Taylor Swift? Well, do you think that there had to be one? You think it's like a Highlander thing? Yep. I think they both could have been very famous celebrities, but that's a fascinating conspiracy theory. Um, and it also, this is kind of a sweet story. Yeah. Because apparently at one point after class, um, they were going to meet up with John Bonet and her mother. So a week or two before her death, John Bonet, her mom, my mom, and I were chatting after class. There was some mention of how I needed new dance shoes, to which her mom said something to the effect of, oh, we just got a new pair for John Bonet for her upcoming performance. Why don't you guys come over soon for a play date and we'll give you her old pair? Let's see it. Let's set up after Christmas when we get back from our trip to Michigan, but of course, and she, that we never got all happened. these new neckties that we could try. No, on that is well. horrible. That's bad, Henry. That's bad. No, they were being sweet. They were going to give a pair of shoes away. Yeah. So anyway, and then that also attached to this is a bit of a ghost story. So I'll just read this very fast. Um, Jay writes, fast forward to high school. My brother and his friends used used to longboard around Boulder after school. It was a group of four. It was a group of four that day, and two of them, one being my brother, knew John Bonet during her short life. They returned to my parents' house after boarding and appeared genuinely stressed and confused by something that they had seen while passing her house. The group was longboarding past her house as she lived on a pretty decent hill. All four of them claimed to have seen a fifth black shadow on the pavement that moved down her entire block with them, kind of positioned in the center of the group. It was there long enough that they were talking about it, saying, hey, you guys see that? What is that? They stopped at the end of the street to look around and figure out the source. The shadow slowed to a stop with them, and they all watched as it dissipated. Who knows? Maybe she was playing with the kids on her street as she used to in life. Whoa. So thank you for that email. Very interesting in Indeed. That's and of course, R.I.P. John Bonet. And uh, did they? We still have not solved this, right? Because every year they're like, somebody's admitted to it, but that's, well, but we haven't, right? When we covered it, we all said, like, I still vaguely believe that she was killed by an outside actor. I am not certain, but now there's a lot of people who put it on Burke, and people are very. Uh, but emotionally invested in the yeah, we don't want to accuse people. We don't or want to accuse people wrongly. Yeah. But so I have no clue who did it. But yeah, I mean, somebody did it. Somebody did do it. That is the one thing we can say here on last podcast on the left. Somebody, somebody did, it. did it. Somebody did it. It's like Madeline McCann, which is a bigger deal over here than it is in the states. It's so funny. We mentioned the name Madeline McCann uh, on for our live show, and in the states, a couple of people get it, but here, it's it's they're. 
Casey Anthony, I guess, but they also know Casey Anthony here. But Mandel McCain's uh, a very big deal here. Very big deal. Yeah, just mentioning the name uh, triggers a lot of People reaction. just laugh and, and throw flowers. They love it. They just eat it up. They well, fucking eat it up like a bunch of hogs. In a strange way in our audience, in the way that we set it up, they do laugh. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of fascinating. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We can't wait to see you on the road in Birmingham, in London, Stockholm, Sweden. And Germany. Germany. Cannot wait. Live your life like yeah. you got a fucking gut full of full rump-faced steak, and it's been served pink, <laughs> just like you like it. And yeah, maybe it was, like, weirdly stringy. Strange. You know I mean? Like bear meat. It, which is, It's strange, yeah. because steak's not supposed to be stringy, but I guess here it's normal. Um, but live your life like that. Like, you like that. Sure. Like, that's your to your taste, and yes. you enjoy it. Love the fact that food here, when you taste it, it, it goes into your mouth, and there is food in there, but there's no taste to it. And you can't do yeah. it. But you love that because you're from here and it's your palate. And, yep. and you love that you love it and other people are trying to judge you. But fuck that. Who cares? Because you like your paste. And be like the kids from the uh, movie Hook. Just make it, make make it in it your mind. Make it the meal, whatever it yeah, is you want it to be. Whatever you want it to be, yeah. And just and laugh. Laugh. <laughs> laugh like you're three, almost 40-year-old men in a van traveling together knee to knee <laughs> yes. just talking about the countryside and, yeah and we do laugh don't we oh we laugh ah, we laugh ah, we laugh yes nothing but laugh nothing. that's what people say oh i bet you guys laugh all day all day long that's we do. All we do that's all we do almost as if i've gone completely <laughs> unhinged <laughs> i think that's possible all right everyone thank you all so much for listening hail yourselves hail satan magustalations yeah man Let's go get some pink steak. Oh, let's get that pink steak. (laughs) This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and... I guess I can share it here. I I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. It's an addiction. It's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God, I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. It's the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs who are looking to stand out and succeed 
online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for a creative way to increase revenue and give your family and friends the holiday treats they deserve, then you need to get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. If I needed to give a class on digging holes, I'd do it. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand. Upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills. And tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or you can sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash left.